newest episode of the Cosplay Collective. I am your host, Brittany Brown, and I am just getting back from Ohio Con. And it was a really fun time. Very excited, very fun, really relaxing. I'm really glad I got to go. Um, I saw a lot of great cosplay while I was there. Um, yeah, it was just really inspiring. Um, we have set up a, a new email. Um, it's for your hate mail, for um, your tips and tricks, or like anything that you want to sort of send my way. And the email is cosplaycollectivepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And then also a, another order of business is that we've got the podcast is back up in the Google Play Store. Um, I was having a little bit of trouble trying to uh, work out the kinks with that. But now, yes, we are uh, live on the Google Play Store, um, if you are not already listening on there. We've got iTunes, um, we've got SoundCloud, and now we've got the Google Play Store. So awesome! Okay, so in this little um, portion of the podcast, still for the intro, um, I'm going to read a little section from... It's called The Magic Garment Principles of Costume Design by Rebecca Cunningham. Okay, so uh, we've got um, a little bit from the Choosing Fabrics chapter. And um, just a little bit says, Because fabric is the medium through which a designer develops the costume, more than just a casual knowledge of its properties is necessary. The characteristics of fiber, yarn, construction, and finish all contribute uh, qualities to a fabric which produce different effects of texture and movement. And that's going to tie into what we are going to talk about today, which is um, accuracy in costumes versus taking artistic liberties in costumes. First of all, um, it is very, very good to have a butt-ton of references. Like, if you have too many references, that's cool. It's better to have way too many than not enough. Um, that's my sort of view on it. And do your dang research! Um, for cosplayers, it's good to have references from the source material that are incredibly crucial for the construction of the costume. And if you're like me, you're going to want to scrutinize every single little detail of that stupid reference and then draw your conclusions of what material to use. Sometimes the sources from the original material can be fairly in-depth, like Blizzard's pretty cool. They're uh, very cosplayer friendly in the fact that they serve, um, they serve out actual character models in all sort of different directions, um, different angles to make sure that your costume is going to look as accurate as possible um, to what Blizzard has produced for their game. You know, they have like a lot of official artwork too, which also gives a, um, a big clue as to what the costume is made out of. Or like your, um, your source material can also be very lacking in the fact that you might only have a brief description of a character, or you might have like um, a simple sprite to work with, 
and any other game or material is going to have something in between those two. This is These are two sides of the scale. But that leads to the question is, how in the world do you translate your references from video games, books, anime, you name it, into real life? So I am going to talk a little bit about what accuracy is and what artistic liberties are. And accuracy is more or less producing the reference into real life as uh, realistically as possible. You are sticking religiously to the source material. Are you making a character inspired by 17th century France, perhaps? Um, you may need to brush up on your, you know, fashion history. Make sure you want to, if you want to make a large ball gown out of materials, uh, with regards to the materials that were made, um, in that period, in that time, during that region. Like, if you're, um, if your character that you're trying to make is a 17th century pauper, you don't want to use materials that, you know maybe a, uh, a person of higher class would use, and that sort of thing. Also along those lines, um, if you're wanting to be super accurate in, um, in your cosplays, you want to make your favorite sword-wielding hero, do you want to actually have a sword that's forged from steel? I mean, that sounds, that sounds like pretty rad and stuff, but like if that's not exactly the route you want to go for, um, you're going to want to exercise more of artistic liberties. And what I mean by that is uh, artistic liberties is a term for a distortion of a fact used for the sake of art. Um, it's used in movies, books, the arts with a capital A, um, etc. Now it can either stylize a costume or take away from it. Whichever, as long as it looks reminiscent of the source material character. Um, now, in the cosplay community, it's more or less like adding fine details that aren't quite accurate to the reference, but they still give a really good creative flair. And recently, um, it looks like there's been a big movement um, for creators to actually exercise that um, creative license a little bit more and make their characters their own. Um, artistic license also helps the cosplayer and maker be more creative and less restrictive with the materials they use or in execution of how it's put together. Now, here's an extreme example, okay? Um, let's take a widely known character called, like, Pikachu from the Pokemon series. Everyone's heard of Pikachu. So the question is, how in the world do you make a Pikachu? Pikachu is actually a little bit over a foot tall and they weigh around 13 pounds or so. So says the Pokedex entry and they're super cute. So do you make, do you stick to make a realistic looking stuffed toy that's dimensionally correct, you know, and weighs about 13 pounds? Or do you make a more of a mascot costume like what you would see in theme parks? You know, really cute and round and really approachable? Or do you go for maybe the Jajinka approach? 
Um, Jajinka, for those of you who do not know, is a humanized creation of representing a non-human thing. Recently, like, the Wendy's girl kind of got popular. That's that's more or less what a Jajinka is, but um, the Pokemon community is pretty good at this. They will take a Pokemon and then make a anthropomorphized version of it. Um, you know, make a human-like Pokemon. And for example, maybe that would be like a human wearing, you know, Pikachu ears, maybe a Pikachu tail, you know, you know where I'm getting at. So making a Pikachu isn't as simple as you may think. Um, there's just going to be a lot of possibilities with it. And, you know, the world is your oyster. You've got, you know, something to make with that. And just like math, there's going to be multiple ways to get to a solution. Um, your interpretation of a character isn't going to be exactly the same of how maybe your friend interprets a character. Maybe they think Mario from the Mario franchise wears a light blue solid cotton overall. Maybe you think that Mario wears denim overalls. So the question is, you know, how are you going to interpret that? Cosplay is kind of an art form within itself. So you're going to have like a variety and a spectrum of interpretations on what characters look like. And that's where the beauty lies with it. Um, you get to have a lot of fun with that. Accuracy and artistic licensing. Um, it has a reciprocal symbiotic approach. And if one seems to be lacking a little bit, the other one's going to seem to shine. And what I, mean, what I mean by that is, if you, you are trying to make the most realistic thing as possible, but it doesn't quite translate well in real life, you may use your artistic liberties to make, you know, finish your product. Like, um, really, maybe a really high anime collar doesn't work well um, in real life. So you've got to, you know, play around with that, make, make sure it looks sort of kin to what you have in mind or, you know, what the reference material has in mind. Still make it look all right. Cosplayer of the week. So um, this is a mutual that I have named Slav. It's at Slav, S-L-A-A-H-V on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and um, I chose her because her current uh, work in progress is Kefka from Final Fantasy VI, and she is basing her costume strictly from the in-game sprite, so a little, you know, a very small field of pixels is representing the character Kefka, and she's doing a wonderful, fantastic job of how, like, what materials she's using, um, and really exploring her artistic licensing and liberties with this. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I want to give my thanks to um, the, uh, the intro, interstitial, and closing music. It's called Stinger by Silent Partner. And then also uh, be sure to leave a rating in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Um, also on SoundCloud, give me a like. Um, what this does, it helps others find the podcast um, just because the way, I guess, the iTunes store is going to filter things, um, the hot stuff is going to pop up first. So, um, also 
leaving a good rating is going to help drown out, you know, help stop the bubbles of the, uh, um, the uh, terrible uh, ratings. <laughs> Thank you so much.